Hello, welcome to the Property Report Podcast, produced by Property Guru Property Report, the official magazine of the Asia Property Awards and Asia Real Estate Summit. We'll talk about innovations, issues, and technologies that are reshaping our homes and communities. Joining us on this episode is Nick Myers, the founder and chief executive officer of Red Fox AI. Welcome to the Property Guru Property Report podcast. I am Janine, the digital editor of Property Guru Property Report. In the past year, the protocols on social distancing and hygiene have accelerated the need for voice technology and voice-controlled amenities in commercial buildings and in households. That is why for today's episode, we will be tackling the interesting developments in PropTech across the Asia-Pacific region throughout such an unprecedented time. And to help us shed some light on this topic, is Nick Myers, the founder and chief executive officer of Red Fox AI. Hi, Nick. Delighted to have you here with us. Hi, Janine. It's a pleasure to be here, and I'm excited to be recording this podcast with you and, and talk about everything happening in, in the voice tech and in AI mm-hmm. space, uh, especially in a, in a year we've had unlike any other. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Much has changed in the past year, and among them is voice technology, which has received more acceptance than ever. And it may sound as a surprise to our listeners, but voice technology has been around for decades. Yet, it was always seen as more of a luxury rather than a need. And now that we're starting to realize the value of voice tech, Nick, do you think the real estate industry has properly taken advantage of it? That's a very good question and a great way to kick this off. You know, from what I've seen, I think there's a lot of green space and a lot of opportunity for voice technology within the real estate industry and just with property in general. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, for example, I know that my mom is going to be moving into a new house soon and it's wired to be a smart home. And she plans on taking full advantage of voice assistant technology because she has a connected home now and you can mm-hmm. control your thermostat, you can control different appliances, you can control lights. And, and that's where I think, you know, the high level and initial value of voice technology is in property right now. Yeah. But I would place a very strong bet. And over the next five to 10 years that we start seeing at least more enterprise level property like hotels and commercial mm-hmm. buildings, I guess it'll depend on, you know, how things play out here in, in our post-pandemic world, but I would imagine that most commercial properties are going to have some type of of built-in voice assistant to some extent. And I know a lot of uh, you know home developers and residential property builders are focusing more on smart home and voice-activated technology as well, just because that's what consumers are really starting to expect because we've become so accustomed to using voice assistants in our day-to-day lives. Mm-hmm. Of course, in the U.S., predominantly have Siri on Apple, Amazon's Alexa, and Google Assistant. And I know out in Asia, of course, there's a lot of Chinese companies that are working on voice technology as well, and I'm, I'm sure very much so in Southeast Asia too. So I think this is just going to be a trend, an, an, an upward moving trend that we're going to see at least over the next five to 10 years and far beyond that. Yeah, that's very interesting to hear. 
And seeing that these voice-assisted techno technologies are useful for both the real estate industry and its end users, uh, case in point, your mom enjoying her new automated home, how do you think the tech developers can increase the accessibility of these devices? No, that's, that's also a very good question. I think so far, you know, we've, we've seen voice-assistant technology in an in an odd way and in a way that I'm hopeful will will start to change silo itself. Like in the U.S., right, we've had Siri on iPhones for more than, well, just about 10 years at this point. Yeah. And Google Assistant is an Android phone. And most people actually use voice assistants within their mobile phone. But as Amazon Alexa came out and as Google started creating their Google Home speakers, people mm -hmm. really got accustomed to the smart speaker thing, but that limits the technology so much because it has to be tied to a specific piece of, of hardware outside of something like a mobile phone that you're using constantly. Yeah. So I think one thing that developers can really focus on is how can you leverage voice technology in places people already go to, specifically the smartphone, specifically just the web in general. Like one thing we are focusing very much on right now at Red Fox AI is we're creating a voice assistant for our target customers that can be deployed on any website. So you can pull up your smartphone, you can go to the internet and you can go to the customer website and our voice assistant technology is deployed natively in the website. So you don't have to worry about using a separate piece of hardware or going anywhere outside of that. I think that's something developers really need to focus on in terms of accessibility. And mm -hmm. in the US too, I really think it's going to impact how people search for property in general. Like there is a, a startup company that uh, somebody I know is trying to build and it's called DOS. And the whole premise around it is they created an intelligent assistant proprietary that is called DOS that is meant okay. to just serve realtors. It is meant to serve property developers. You know, you could go to your phone and you can use DOS to find any listing on our MLS in the United States, which I think is incredible. It, it, it reduces so many different hurdles of actually finding property. And something that honestly I can see property viewer hopefully taking advantage of in the coming years yeah. as well. Um, but that's where I see a lot of the applications. And that's where I think developers can really start to focus more of those efforts in terms of accessibility is where people are already at, that being the smartphone and just websites, the internet. Mm -hmm. And on the other hand, voice-controlled devices have become more and more affordable, particularly smart hubs and speakers. And even though most of the population has taken advantage of it, some still look at it as some sort of hype. You earlier touched on about this, but can you kindly expand? How can voice tech benefit our day-to-day -day lives? Yeah, and... and you know, when you look at technology, there's always a hype cycle to it, right? Because you have the time when the technology comes onto the scene, if you will, you're always going to have the early adopters. And then as the early adopters embrace the technology, it's going to start getting more market share. And then you're going to have a lot of hype around it. And you're going to have a lot of enthusiasts. And then you may potentially hit a wall where the practicality of it starts to become a bit more murky and the hype cycle tends to fall off. And then you get into this period of people who continue to work with technology and stick it out, but actually find the practical application of it. I think in voice technology right now, we're over mm -hmm. that hype hump and we're into, all right, who are the people in the industry who are sticking it out and are yeah. going to actually develop the practical applications of it? Mm -hmm. So I think when we look at how consumers use it, they're still using it for very basic things, especially when we look at voice on a smart speaker, right? So people are using it for web searches. People are using it to play music. 
set timers if you have it connected to your TV to change channels, very basic things. But there really hasn't been a system or a voice agent that's come to market yet for a specific purpose that that actually solves something. And that's one of the things yeah. we're working on with our industry now, you know, our target industry being biotech and at-home diagnostic testing providers. Our whole goal, you know, we call ourselves a voice technology company, but more than anything, we're an information company. And through yeah. our intelligent voice assistant, we're trying to ease the flow of information between providers and patients as they complete at-home diagnostic tests. So you start looking at practical applications of that where it serves both the enterprise and the user, and it starts to make sense. And I think we're going to see more of that heading into the near and long-term future. Mm. But I, I, I think really people just need to be shown the practical applications and there hasn't been a whole lot of development on that so far because we've had that hype cycle of, oh, this is really cool. I could stick it on my counter and just ask a random <laughs> questions of random games, right? Exactly. I think we're starting to come out of that now. Yeah, I totally agree. And I totally relate because I myself have been enjoying the company of my Google Nest throughout the lockdown. And though, as you mentioned, there are still lots that we have to learn regarding its practical usage. The features that we are using now are handy or have been proven handy for families and the elderly. One thing that bothers me, though, is the underlying security issue, particularly with those who are less experienced when it comes to using technology. So how do you think we can address this? That's a very good question. I'm actually involved in an organization right now, actually an okay. international organization called the Open Voice Network. Mm -hmm. And the whole goal of the Open Voice Network is to create standards for voice technology some of those standards being related to data privacy and security, which I'm very involved in our privacy and security work group right now. So we're actively trying to work on a set of values and guidelines that we can hand off to enterprises that are developing voice assistants saying, hey, you know, data privacy in general is still very ambiguous now, but it changes mm -hmm. completely when you start looking at voice applications because we've never had such a broad collection of voice specific data before, right? So we're actively working on trying to standardize these different values and guidelines when, you know, you're developing a voice assistant or you're developing an application that uses voice and how it collects and treats that data. So I think as we looked at more vulnerable populations, you know, the elderly and, and children and people who don't necessarily, you know, have the knowledge on how to accurately use these, mm -hmm. you know, to the, to, the, to, the, to the best extent they can, I think it really falls more on the provider who's providing the voice assistant to make sure that those are taken care of. And I know that's a tall order because at least yeah. here in the United States, we still have very limited protections when it comes to data privacy, but it really does fall on the provider to adhere to ethical and moral data privacy mm -hmm. and security principles to ensure that their users are protected, especially people of older populations and younger populations. Yeah. So I, I, I know that's probably an ambiguous answer, but I mean, mm -hmm. data privacy, there's, <laughs> There's so much to that. Yeah. Um, that's really all I can speak to on at the moment. Yes, hopefully we'll hear more, more about those developments soon enough. Now, since voice activated devices are reliant on the internet, how can we promote these in areas with unreliable internet connection? Do you think we will ever see the day when such technology won't rely on the internet? Yeah, that's, that's, that's an interesting question. And the answer is actually yes. And okay. the reason I say yes to that is because as you know, Moore's law continues 
continues to 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 permeate the entire technology industry mm -hmm. and we keep developing cheaper and more efficient microprocessors we're able to do more on local devices and i know specifically we look at siri and google assistant there's actually quite a bit that those voice assistants can do on device they don't need to be connected to the internet for which is great because that solves a lot of data privacy issues as well right yeah. so we're getting there and i would very much expect over the next five to ten years that a lot of today's voice assistant technology won't necessarily need to use the web because so much processing can be done on local mm. there's a lot of startup companies out there right now that are working on different uh, microprocessors and different chips. So you can process a lot of that data locally without having to go to the internet. Of course, there will always need to be some aspect of needing to go to the internet though, right? To get like weather and traffic yeah. and news stories and different things like that. But I think it'll be done in a more secure way where it won't constantly be connecting to the internet collecting data. And that all comes with regulation too, right? As we become mm -hmm. more cognizant of data privacy and how to regulate that which has been a long time coming, I think that's ultimately going to change how much user data, voice user data specifically is sent to the internet in order to get the technology to function. So I definitely think that we're going to see more happening on local and especially look at areas with low internet connection, right? They have a hard mm -hmm. time accessing this technology because it needs the internet. But again, mm -hmm. I think as certain microprocessors become cheaper and more efficient and we can do more on smartphones, we can do more on laptops, different mobile devices. I think we're going to see a great democratization with voice specific technology and really technology in general that we haven't seen before up to this point over the next 10 years for sure. That's really exciting to hear because to be honest, I wasn't sure how voice tech would be moving forward and it's great that you're here to enlighten us. So as mentioned before, voice tech has become widely accepted now more than ever. Question is, how do you see this technology further developing post-pandemic? And what are the advancements that you forecast when it comes to this type of technology? Yeah, great question. And truth be told, as horrible as EMIC has been for the entire world, one of the positive things that has come out of it is we are going to see an explosion in technology, specifically accessible mm -hmm. technology over the next 10 years. And, and a lot of people are saying that this is really going to be the new roaring 20s, of course, like we experienced back in the 1920s, but we're going to have a new roaring 2020s, if mm. you will. And I think because the pandemic has changed so much in terms of what we touch and, and how we use things on a day-to-day -day basis, people are becoming far more used to using voice-assisted technology mm. and things where you don't necessarily have to touch something all the time. Exactly. So I think we're going to see an explosion of that over the next 10 years. For example, McDonald's has been actively working on voice-activated drive-thrus for the last few years, but mm -hmm. because of the pandemic, they now have more of an incentive and more funding to actually make that a reality. So it's very possible sometime over the next 10 years, you'll be going through a McDonald's drive-through and you'll be talking to a voice assistant taking your order versus an actual human being. Yeah. And a lot of fast food restaurants are now having kiosks. There's a very good possibility that'll become voice activated. I know in China, they've experimented with voice activated elevators. I mean, I, I would love that. I don't want to have to ever touch a button on an elevator again <laughs> where I could by asking for it. Yeah. Um, so I think the pandemic is, has changed this in a way where people have become more acceptable of not using their hands for anything. Mm -hmm. And if you can use a voice assistant to accomplish it 10 times quicker, why not do that? 
I still think the biggest hurdle is data privacy. And again, we've talked a lot about that so far, and that's just going to come mm -hmm. from regulation and people becoming more cognizant of how their data is used. So they can demand change. Yeah. But I think as we overcome the data privacy hurdle, you're going to see voice activated everything. And there's not a place you'll be able to go that doesn't have some type of voice assistant assisting you with something. Likewise, you know, even more so in the home, like we already have, it'll just be far more intelligent and far more accessible. Well, you actually painted a very cool, interesting picture right now for us. And I am definitely looking forward to the future of voice tech and can honestly say right now that I cannot live without the convenience of my smart speaker and voice tech in general. <laughs> well, that's, no, that's great to hear. And you're not the first person to say that. Because, yeah. You know, you, you really start using it even just for simple things and it becomes a habit. Mm -hmm. And once that habit is formed, you know, it's, well, how am I ever going to live without this, right? And we've seen that happen with computers. We've seen that exactly. happen with smartphones, although voice isn't hardware per se, mm -hmm. it's a technology that I very much think heading into the near future and, and the long-term future, we're going to look back on how did we ever live our lives without a voice assistant by our side. Mm -hmm. And soon enough, we're hopeful that voice technology would become a norm in everyone's daily lives. Thanks for that very insightful chat, Nick. Unfortunately, that's all the time that we have left for today. Is there anything else you would like to share with our listeners? Um, again, just thank you, uh, Janine, for the opportunity to just talk about what I love talking about and, yeah. and, and helping everybody understand the current state of voice technology, where it's headed. And I know this is property focused. And, and trust me when mm -hmm. I say that more is going to be happening in the real estate and property space over the next few years, undoubtedly. Um, if anybody wants to check out the podcast that I host called the Artificial Podcast, you know, you can find us on all the major podcast platforms. We also do mm -hmm. uh, YouTube videos for every single one of our episodes. So just search for the Artificial Podcast on YouTube or on Google and you should be able to find us. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And then on top of that, if you're interested in learning more about what we do at Red Fox AI, just head over to our website at uh, www.redfox-ai.com. All right, there you have it, folks. Once again, for more information about his company, please visit redfox-ai.com. That's R-E-D-F-O-X-A-I.com. And as he mentioned, don't forget to check out the artificial podcast hosted by Nick himself. Thanks for listening to the Property Guru Property Report podcast. Make sure to stay tuned to our next episode. Keep safe, sane, and healthy always. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and tune in next time.